I hope that sooner than I thought I was going to. It's just that vibe. I always, that what's the song, what's the song that like, they sing, he's at um, the tavern place and yes. he's like, oh, we have yeah, to yeah, go yeah, find, yeah, yeah. Um, what's her name? Oh, yeah. And the, the boy, the, the old man just starts singing about how yeah. he's going to get married. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's incredible. I'm going to get it married. Yeah. And then I love her song about her ex-lover. Yeah. It's so funny. He's like, it's... A is for the apple that he gave me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Potatoes <laughs> and accident. molasses. Oh, and that one's so good. That's great. It's <laughs> classic. Um... Hello, welcome back to Three Fish in a Percolator, a Twin Peaks podcast. I am Harrison Coford. My mic just sounds better this week. It's mm. crisp. Maybe you just sound out. better I this think. week. Did maybe you have a good week, Harrison? I had a great week. Mm, that's it's, it. it's Wednesday. We're that's halfway it. through. That is it. I am joined by my my fellow co-host who's been here, McKenna Guttery. Hi. And our special guest, recurring guest, yeah. soon to be fully Gibby like <laughs> integrated. Why does it feel like Gibby-ified. today that he just totally replaced brad well, I think and this is like our Brad's segue not here. yes i will be uh <laughs> well i know but i'm just like i will be doing my stuff but i will also be doing a brad impression yes. the entire Wait, time actually, yeah. that would be awesome. to make up for his absence which we I shouldn't will... have even said anything and then it would have just been like oh like he's being so right. quiet someone so like yeah so what listening is like he sounds different. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Brad. Hello. He, he didn't. He hasn't referenced the Grinch yet, and we're about thirty minutes in. I don't know what's going on. Wrong. Who heard him? <laughs> I love '90s Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> the um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Vacation. My favorite movie. I am Brad. Because he even went with Jingle All the Way. No, yeah, Jingle that, All the I Way. Know. That's yeah. what he went with last week. It's a great week. movie, mm-hmm. but I was surprised. Yeah, they would were. bring it up. Yeah. yeah, you were. I, oh, what the I didn't were mean like. <laughs> yeah, well, um, but anyway, yeah. So typical you being surprised. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that, but yeah, it's okay. We'll surprised. move along. It smells like broccoli. Yeah, Sarah's definitely cooking something upstairs. Actually, can you turn that off? I thought that she was gonna make ramen, but I smell broccoli. She's making ramen, and then she put broccoli in it because she likes to ruin things. <laughs> um, oh my God. Wait, okay. What are okay? Spoken like a true husband. <laughs> what What are the key ingredients in ramen? Because I know you need noodle. the noodles, and I yeah. know you need the broth. <laughs> what do you mean? It comes with what it, what you need. <laughs> right, but that, but Besides I think water. he's talking about top ramen, like top ramen. Do you, do you oh, need anything else like besides those? Two have things? you ever been to like one Green of those onion. bougie right. like ramen yeah. places? Yes, yes, I yeah. have. So I think it's just like. Noodles, broth, and then spice it and, up. And yeah. an egg. There's Sriracha, always an egg. Yeah, there's an always egg. An egg yeah. Some yeah. sesame yeah. seeds. Mm. Mm. Is is top ramen vegan? Uh, I probably can be. Oh, and you can yeah. put those like stringy thing. What are those called? Um, Chow mein. No, no, no. It's a vegetable. The, like oh, 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 oh. What are they called? Why am I sprouts? Yeah, like sprouts. Yeah. Ah. Those I like to put in like fancy ramen. Mm. Oh. Kind of gives thing. it a crunch every once in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can make it more Thai. Put some like... Um, I love Thai food. 
Thai's like peanuts, great. Yeah. If you want. I don't know. My thing with ramen is I love it. It tastes so good, but I it does not fill me up. Really? No. But yeah, the broth totally. afterwards, I yeah. think, usually fills well, me up. Really? That's the part that I, it, it doesn't does fill not, me up. It does oh, really? not happen yeah. for me. I pay $11 for a bowl of ramen, and then I'm like, I need a second meal. Yeah, is, I, it's the I, same with sushi. I love sushi, but really, sushi fills me up. It does not up. fill me up. Then again, I get yeah, like three but... rolls. Oh, <laughs> so, well, so I yeah, fill myself. I would up. agree. No, I I feel like three rolls would fill me up. Anyway, yeah. Now ramen, sushi will fill me up. Ramen doesn't. Ramen always feels like this is an appetizer food. Yeah, it's like if you just got a plate of fries for mm-hmm. your dinner. That's how I feel about ramen. It's always like this is good, but it feels like a side. Yeah. It feels like it needs to be with something. There's this ramen place and they got fried chicken there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I'm in. You go, you get and the ramen. And then you can like get, get it chopped up and put it chicken. in there. I feel like that would be mm. good too. I am hungry now. <laughs> I feel like I want to go there. We should move on I offered all of Wait, where is that place? Crackers while uh, we were watching Asa this episode. Oh, really? They have? Yeah. It's called they Casa Ramen? Asa, Asa like Ramen. I was going to say like they have, Mexican they ramen. They have Japanese. They call I think they call it Japanese fried chicken. Nice. Um. It's just fried chicken. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's what you think. It. It's what you think. It's exactly what you think. No surprises here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just fried chicken. Um. So we don't have a lot of bookhouse news, except for, I guess, be on the lookout. We're going to be, if you follow us on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> Holy shit. What? <laughs> What's going on? Why? We're, <laughs> sorry. Um, Why? I felt like that fit for my sneeze or cough or whatever oh, that was. Oh, that was, okay. That was a cough that and was that a was a naturally jinx. occurring. That actually happened. <laughs> I thought you were like forcing That it. was a bit. <laughs> if you follow us on, you know, I just thought, so well, first of all, we have an Instagram page and we have a um, good number of people who follow us on there. It'd be funny if we had an email list, like an email chain mm. I love of that. people. A we just like every, we should actually... I got time on my hands when I'm working. I can put together a little InDesign like newsletter every yeah. week. Oh yeah, for that sure. That would be so cute. Yeah. Anyway, Wait, have you guys? Do you guys have heard of like Homestar Runner? Oh yeah. my gosh. You know Strong Bad, how he does his yeah. emails. I feel like yeah. we should. We, we, we should, we should that. look into that. We could do that. We could do a new segment. Where and we, well, so have I told you we about? We can even make comics. We, like he does. Wait, yeah. that's so cute. No, I think that's a good idea. Have I told you about um, Wrapped in Plastic? So mm-hmm. when Twin Peaks got canceled and when the original movie came out a bunch of fans it's interesting because people refer to it as like a fanzine but really it's a just a magazine because it's run by fans but it's, but they are like we're prof- it's like professionally made and it went on for like i think two decades um and but while they would just it would just be people writing in about different twin peaks stuff and talking about twin peaks and what the stars twin peaks were doing then but they also talked about x-files and oh. so um, I feel like it'd be cool if like we somehow tied that in as well. So mm-hmm. cool. I mean, I haven't seen all of X Files. Me neither. I, we talked about this last week. But we did. Yeah, I'm 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 in season two. I feel like when X Files hits its stride, it's just as good as Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, it's like, so it's, good. Oh my god, it's a different tone for yeah. sure. It's a different vibe. It's but... a, it's a lot more serious. Right. At times they have some funny episodes, but they do. It, it's a lot more serious and. Um, it's it's more, just not as quirky. It's whimsical. It's more whimsical. Yeah. It's more Spielbergian. Yeah. 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 There's a lot more it, wonder to it. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Anyway, yeah. We maybe. But what I was gonna say originally is that if you're following us on Instagram or if you're just like in the know of what we do, 
um, regularly, we are going to probably come out with our first Patreon episode here pretty soon, which is going to be a live commentary of all of us watching Eraserhead. And I believe, so I've seen it. Kenna fell asleep watching it, but is aware <laughs> of parts airport. of it. Yeah. Uh, layover, okay. So. And then, okay, you haven't seen. I've it. seen clips on YouTube. Clips on YouTube, okay. That, I think that's the best way for us all to go. We're gonna go through all of David Lynch's filmography with live commentary. We're basically where we'll record while watching it, and then you guys can start the episode while watching the movie. So it's like we're watching it with you guys. But you can't talk, which I just realized is like pretty egotistical. <laughs> we for don't us. care about Wait, what no. you have to say. But this is going to be hard because if we go on tangents, we can't yeah. just say pause the movie. We have That's a tangent. Although there are there are definitely parts of Eraserhead where I know I'm going to be like, McKay, tell us about your childhood. Like it's going to be like, <laughs> like we've right. got we've got some time to kill yeah. here. There's not a lot it's going true. on. But yeah, I think at times we're going to be like, okay, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, yeah. look, look what just happened. But we're going to go through David Lynch's whole filmography for that. I think we'll, we'll probably have a tier system on our Patreon of different ways of paying. And the top person, like, the top payment, I think will, like, allow, like, some people to join us for, like, a live that stream. Sick. That would be cool. And they'd be able to, like, talk to us while we're watching it. And then they'll they'll be part of the episode. Anyway. That would be cool. We might That'd do that for Fire Walk With Me in the future or maybe a couple different episodes. Anyway, um, today's episode... We're going to skip Bookhouse. That's pretty much all I had. I didn't hit the button, so That's sorry. Oh. Um, so this is episode 13, or Demons, the sixth episode of the second season of Twin Peaks. It's called Demons. It's called Demons. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I know. It's sick. And the picture they have on the fandom is just Leo with this party hat on. <laughs> I love that. Which I feel I love like that. that totally encompasses no, this that's, episode. That, mm-hmm. It really does. Um, I love that scene. It's, we'll get to that. But. Whoa, we're going to get so to it. Good. It was written by Hartley Payton and Robert Engels and was directed by Leslie Linka Glatter. Um, the homie. The homie. Really the homie. Uh, I'm going to read the Log Lady intro real quick because this one was fascinating. I think it talks about Laura a bit. Are you going to chew when you read it? I am. I need to get some pitch <laughs> and then I'll start chewing. Sometimes we want to hide some from tobacco. ourselves. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. Please I didn't read. even I didn't I didn't Please give a preamble to me just starting to read it. <laughs> so this is uh, Margaret Lanterman's words. Sometimes we want to hide from ourselves. We do not want to be us. It is too difficult to be us. It is at these times that we turn to drugs and alcohol or behavior to forget that we are ourselves. This is, of course, only a temporary solution to a problem which is going to keep returning and sometimes these temporary solutions are worse for us than the original problem. Yes, it is, di- it is a dilemma. Is there an answer? Of course there is. A wise person once said with a smile, the answer is within the question. So, Ooh. without further ado, and while Kenna contemplates what the heck yeah. that's Sorry, saying. Sorry, no, no, no. It's just like I was thinking about our discussion today about if me and my best friend like got into a car accident today, and I was like, if Devin would have died, I would have... It would have been over. I would have fallen into some heavy. I I made a joke and I habits. said, Kenna. I said that would be an interesting time for you to form a lot of really bad habits. Yeah, and just listening to that, I was like, well, Laura Palmer died, and yeah. all these people are going insane mm-hmm. and I, creating I, their own habits. I know that this is really morbid, but it's kind of, um, and it's really sad. And actually, it kind of bummed me out for most of my day yesterday. But John Mulaney has been performing stand-up again recently. This past week, he's been doing his first couple episodes, his first couple shows um, since entering rehab. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading some reviews of it, and it's just apparently it's really 
raw, vulnerable stuff. And he's also getting divorced from his wife, which is super yeah, sad. Yeah, I heard that. And there's just so much going on in his life. And he talks about, like, all of it on stage, apparently. And a lot of his stuff is, is like, right in line with that. Apparently, one of the lines in his show is he's like, I don't like being alone because when I'm alone, I'm with the person who tried who tried to kill me. And oh it's God. like, oh. and, like, and then when, with, when the log lady was talking about this, I was like, this is hitting yeah. me really hard right yeah. now. Even Honestly. though I'm not John Mulaney and I don't know him, it was just kind of like, Ugh. I yeah. hate to hear about people going through stuff like that because it's like you just want to give them a hug. Right. You're like, hey, we like it doesn't have to be this way. Everyone like like, I don't yeah. know. I just it it, yeah. it it really hurts my soul. Well, it's well, like there's nothing there's nothing to do. I know. For those yeah, people. yeah, that's yeah. I think that's what sucks so much about grieving, is there is no escape. Yep. You know exactly. It's just the only thing that can really heal something like that is time. Yep. And. Even then, it takes a long time. Yep. And, yeah. like, support from others that's just available without forcing it. So, like, yeah. hey, if you need something, mm-hmm. yeah. we're here. Well, on that note, everybody. Well, Dude, we're getting no. somber. It's a, it's I mean, a different episode It's a different Brad. sort of, I, I mean, I don't. We, like, get in our feels. This episode wasn't, wasn't like, super, super heavy. Super emotional. But I feel no. like there's just a lot to to dissect here, yeah. a lot to think about. It, it wasn't heavy in that it hit the audience with things where, like, you're like, whoa. But yeah. it was heavy in the way that's, like. Okay, we're gearing up for something. Like yeah. something's gonna happen, and the episode knows it. Yeah. So without further ado, let's uh, get into Twin Peaks. Oh, gulpy boy. Yeah. I'm very thirsty. <laughs> very thirsty. I've been trying to drink a lot. I worked for four hours straight today. Oh dear. Four hours? Yeah. Well, my, I work twelve-hour shifts. But I'm not just sitting there the whole time. Yeah, that's, that's And so yeah. I can imagine a four hour shift would be like an eight hour shift. Oh, yeah. Because awful. my 12 hour shifts tend to actually feel like eight hour shifts because I'm moving so much. But yeah, they're pretty terrible. But it still sucks. But um, I worked for four hours today and I was here. So you like try to play cool. You're like, mm, anyways. <laughs> I was here. I was like, yeah, for four. Yeah, I was doing this for four hours. I did something that had to do with preparing for tonight. Um, anyway, we're buying lots of who, cheese. Who who does this episode begin with, guys? Uh, it begins with James. <laughs> Why? Why? James and Donna, that's right. James and Donna, well, which we were wondering where James was last week, last week but now yeah. we got an answer. I think James ran up to the door, saw Harold like pulling that rake across his face. He's like, oh, I'm going to wait a second. <laughs> I wonder what's going on here. No, He's just watching. Because Maddie left the Double R Diner. Right. James waited James, like two seconds. James and then followed her. Yeah. Was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what, so if James, he was just like watching her james was probably watching maddie and then maddie, maddie went goes in. inside james follows suit and then and then i feel like the there's whole a pause donna running outside running out into the like the front room of harold's apartment and then harold running out he's like ah i don't know what's going on here right also did he do anything to harold when he came in he just no. like came in like grabbed he just donna grabbed them. he pushed them like, aside did he? he? Okay. He kind of he didn't like hurt him, but he ran in and just kind of shoved him away and got in between. If I were Harold, girls. I would be more confused than angry at first. I'd be like, "Wait, yeah. this is dude, like what? 
What are you he didn't doing? even say anything to me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess you. they're gone. Like, I guess they had an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> or well, something. My question is, like, do you guys think that Harold would have hurt them? Nope. I don't. Because, like, he, I mean, he the hurt rake himself. With I, the, yeah. I don't know. It's. He, he seems like the kind or of like, person. Or, like, would have, like, locked them away or, like, I don't know. Locked them away, maybe. I don't think, no, if yeah. he would have hurt them. I don't think he would. I don't know. He's. He says some things at the beginning where he's like, you're just like the others. I thought you were pure and whatnot, but yeah, all he... you do is lie. You're unclean. Begs, you're unclean. I That's was like, it. Oh, yeah. Super creepy. What? Which is like, yeah, you heard me tell you my story like yesterday. Like, yeah. you know this. Yeah. I'm unclean. You're what? Unclean. I, I mean, I guess clean in his sense is like, you're not, not messing with me. Well, that brings me back to one of the first things Harold says ever is, do you want to wash your hands? <laughs> oh. That's I right. mean, wait, that's... Come inside, is, do you want to wash your hands? As a clean freak. So do you think he's a... He's a... He's a... Clip, whoa, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, uh, I know. Germaphobe? No, or... It's a 3OC uh, song. I know he's, an, he's agoraphobic, like, but... Um, Neat Freak 47, what's the name of that song? Anyway... You know, 303, classic, classic Colorado 303, yes. Yeah. I always get a... Is that a wheelbarrow? <laughs> <laughs> that's my closet door. So anyway. I was going to say, I always get 303 and 311 mixed up. Oh, yeah. As one does. As one does. Anyway. So, uh... <laughs> like, they just sound so similar. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, <laughs> 311's like, knock off Chili Peppers. I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. But that was my uncle's favorite band was 311. 311? Yeah. Does he also like Sublime? I'm sure he does. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's weird is I've, I've never liked Sublime, but I'm totally cool with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. It's something to do with, like, Sublime's, like, personality as a band. Mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers were a lot more fun. Right. I... I don't really listen to the Chili Peppers anymore, but I think... I like that you call them the Chili Peppers. The, the Red Hot... Well, there's just such a cumbersome name. Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> it R-H-C-P. is. R-H-C-P. R-H-C-P. Um, they're a very nostalgic band for me because Absolutely. I listened to them a lot growing up. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays I'm like, okay, I can see why they get... I mean, I feel like they're maybe a little overhated. Yeah, I they're agree. a very California brand. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I feel almost like yeah. But their guitarist, what's his name? He's very talented. Flea. Fleece isn't Flea's the bassist, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, but <laughs> they've just... got a talented guitarist. Too. But his name's Flea. The lead singer was does, in. Flea does both. The, Flea does all. The lead singer was in Point Break, and he didn't show up for any of the stunt practices. So in every fight scene, he gets knocked out first. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So anyway, Harold tells Donna. That she lies and betrays just like everyone else. Okay? He is about to stab Donna when James bursts in and pulls them out. Wait, he's about to stab her. That's what it says. I didn't get that. I, I, I he, he like, held it up. He like approaches with the rake, but he's holding it. Also, like to that would like okay, so let's let's so that goes to the face. Probably pretty pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere else, it's just like ow. Knock yeah. it off. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Hold up one second. What if the reason why Harold has all those diaries in a secret compartment is because he's a woman murderer. Oh, like he—that's yeah. their diaries. Okay, but well, that, I'm, I, I don't think that makes sense though because why does he? 
his first instinct is to hurt himself. Yeah. So if he's yeah, like a that murderer, that was the big thing for me. Why? Why? I don't know. He seems kind of like cuts for beebs, kind of yeah. like. I'm going to show right. you how much you hurt me. We could yeah. get like a murderer on the show and just kind of ask Marin. him some questions. <laughs> we once, Why is it we always, once had Marin call in because she's Canadian and she I can know, tell us about Katie, then... Canadian prostitution laws. That's, yeah, we I need a murderer. And she's in law school. She could help us out with so all the Leland stuff. We need, we need an episode with a lawyer and then with a murderer. The murderer. Maybe they can just kind of duke it out, the lawyer. <laughs> I think that would be fun. They argue over which season's best. Yeah. <laughs> also, the ethics of killing someone. <laughs> yeah. And then by the end, we'll just all be good friends and we'll let them go, the murderer. I think, know, I think that's a good idea. We got to solve a crime time. first, find a murderer, bring him on. Yeah. Like, I thought you were bringing this police station. It's like, now we just want to talk about Twin Peaks. He's like, I love that show. <laughs> it's like, chill. <laughs> it's like, um, like, no, I think I think it's like, oh, what a surprise. Like, someone broke all these really stingent rules you put on them. Like, chill, yeah. Harry. Yeah. Um, Harold holds on to the diary. James says he will go to the police. Cooper carries Audrey into the bookhouse and lays her down. He, which, by the way, they have cots in the bookhouse. Mm-hmm. It's a bookhouse, not a bedhouse. I don't know. They put it's like a... a sock on the door. Like <laughs> <laughs> someone's like, someone's like, I was here to read to Kill a Mockingbird, but I guess that's fine. <laughs> I was born in books. I was born. Oh my gosh! I was born in books, raised by books. You just accepted it. I grew up in Boston. Actually, I grew up in books. I grew up in so, books. if I had a, if there was a bookhouse that I was a part of, and there was a bed in it, nine times out of ten, I go home there. Yeah. Just honestly. Yeah. For some reason, I've always had this like fantasy of having some other place that I can sleep. Yeah. That no one else can access. Right. Oh, I and love every that. in my fantasy, it's like I would always go there. Yes. Yeah. I love and that. that place looks so cozy. Like, like you, you get into it with family or something. Exactly. And then like, you just I'm like, going to the bookhouse. You have some like self-reflection. Because yeah. every kid, I feel like every kid kind of makes that up. Like, or they'll like make some fort in the backyard where they're yeah. like, nobody knows where this is. You, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm altering the rhetoric in my mind right now. But you definitely know that a lot of bookhouse boys lost their V card in that oh, bookhouse. Oh, yeah. for sure. With books. Oh, I'm just remembering. <laughs> they grew up in them. So they grew that's up. That's all they know. <laughs> when I was little, we had like. That has to be a double. We, wait, what? what? The... Just bookhouse and I grew I, up in I books. I know. Anyway, I was like, hmm. Yeah. You're saying? No, we, in my backyard, uh, we had like a an empty lot next to our house. Oh, yeah. And so I found a ladder. And what? I would climb up the ladder, hop over our wall, go to that empty lot corner, and it was just like, like tall grasses. Jackrabbit forest. And I was forest. like, "This is my world. That's your spot. I love that stuff. This is my spot. Oh. Yeah, I. Ah. We all need a secret place. We do. Everybody we do. needs a we secret. Should, place. This is our invitation. We should to get you a bunch listeners. of people. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Please take some time today. Take some time for yourself. Find your secret place. <laughs> we should. We should invest Find your book in like getting a one room. Like building, and just making a <gasps> book house. Although oh, I would call it like awesome. the movie house. You like what you have a projector there. This mm-hmm. room, the book house. That'd be great. Like, basically, yeah. like, that would be dope. I mean, it's kind of almost there. It's we got, we got, almost there. I mean, I would love nothing more than to make this place look better than it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you already have plans. Exactly. You already yeah. have your sketch. Well, I think that would could fit if I just put like a little little like Murphy bed right here. Yeah. Just like like a two foot bed. Anyway. <laughs> Bed. Um, like, oh my gosh! Like a bunk bed? It'd be incredible. There's nothing cozier than a bunk bed. Can yeah. I just say? But are you saying with someone else in the other bunk, 
or no. just solo. Uh, I like, like okay, tight places. This is what you need to do. You have to have one of those bunk beds where it's like the top bunk is the, a shelf. the bed, yeah. but then the lower bunk is it's like, like a, a desk. desk. Yeah. Yes. I had that growing up. That's I so love cool. that. I, yeah, that's I always so loved cool. those. those yeah. Or we just dye all these red. I feel like that would really fit the vibe of... Mm. That would be fun. You know, my original plan was to have red curtains and then chevron carpet, but my wife adamantly stopped that. So, anyway, Audrey... Oh, so, Cooper finds evidence that she has been drugged with heroin. Audrey mumbles in her delirium about her throat hurting and about sinking. About the heavy tongue? That part was rough. Hand on neck. There are a lot of details that this fandom doesn't include. I'm going to finish the paragraph, then we're going to fill them in. Because they say, she gains lucidity and tells Cooper that she prayed for him to come. She also calls him daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very important. (laughs) Because later in the episode, Cooper says to Ben Horn, what, what does he say? I you're you he might says, be your father. I'm the da- you may but, be your father, but I'm, I'm the daddy. I'm the daddy. I'm the daddy. <laughs> I'm the daddy. He doesn't. He say also that, says, guys. "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all." <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Pratt was in the scene. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Audrey says some stuff that's deeply concerning, and um, it's just kind of nice to have that moment with Cooper. There's another scene that's gonna come up that is gonna touch on this that I'll return to, but. Um, really great acting from Sherilyn Fenn and from uh, Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Yes. Truly. Donna and James watch Maddie drive off. Okay. So, did, did yeah, that, so you... Maddie drove there and she couldn't give them a ride? Wait, didn't you say that <laughs> oh, someone no. picked her up? Or... I thought you, you that's thought what that was maybe... happening. I don't know. I'm would it have been Sarah sure. or Leland? Um, I mean, James has always got his bike. so That's true. Maybe it was a thing where it was like Donna and Maddie went together, but... Now that James is there, it's like, okay, Maddie's third wheeling now, and Maddie felt we uncomfortable, and yeah, so yeah, she just yeah. drove home also, because she knows that Donna and James are going to mack later. Well, probably. that was what I was going to say. Donna is gone from Harold Smith for, I don't know, two minutes, and is mm-hmm. already, like, throwing herself on James. Yeah. yeah. When she, like, faints earlier so in the episode, fake. it's creepy. But mm-hmm. um, this his kissing it with her at this scene uh, is is uncomfortable for like to, yeah. it, it's to watch by yourself yeah. it's 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 a unnerving side lip kiss si- a little yes. bit of side uh, lips and then straight for the neck yeah well it's the thing is like james went for a normal kiss but then don she was really like reciprocate. you know what i want and like then just... james was like okay it's neck time <laughs> okay neck time. um that i say that james says that they should stick together and that they will and that the, and that way, they will be safe on. forever. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Harry thumbs through a book of criminal photos, and Cooper tells him that Audrey was very close to a lethal dose of heroin. So I was correct in assuming yep. it was heroin. I couldn't remember if we were right about it. Mm-hmm. I was exactly heroin. right. Harry has identified Jean Renault in the book and tells Cooper about the surveillance tape. And Cooper, so two ands, and Cooper deduces Jean's plot. Cooper says that he he left his jurisdiction twice. And now Audrey is paying the price. Mm, rhymed. Mm-hmm. Harry reassures him that Audrey is safe now and tells Cooper that he is the best lawman he's ever met, but he thinks too much. Um, what do you think he means by that? He, he, he thinks, thinks too, too much? much? I think Truman right now is saying you're worrying yourself into like a fit. Mm. Mm. And I think he's just being like, we're all safe right now. You expect things to go wrong. 
mm. at this time, and I think everything okay. is okay right now. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Except yeah. for Cooper, we haven't solved the original case you were sent here for. Right. <laughs> you think too much. Right. You think too much. Since the beginning of this season, there's been a feeling that Cooper, the character, has been like on hold or like, yeah. like there's a hiatus. There's been no progression with him. Yeah. There's not been a, a lot of attention with him. This is the first episode this season that feels like he's being taken seriously. Right. And it's interesting that it's the episode that Audrey comes back into play with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's intentional or not. It definitely it feels it feels like they kept her out of the plot for a reason. Yeah. I uh, I don't know how intentional it was. It's not like she knows who killed Laura. Right. Um, I think they're, well, I think they have had, the writers had to find ways to divert Cooper from yeah. the real, the original mystery, crux sure. of Twin Peaks. And they did that with uh, Audrey and the whole, uh, one eye Jacks yeah. plotline, um, which I mean, is a good plotline for sure. I yeah. think, but it's just not, we, we just need. We need Coop on on Laura Palmer. Yeah. On the, mm -hmm. on the on the Laura Palmer murder case, rather. Yeah. So this is the sixth episode of season two. So she's been at One Eye Jacks for five days. Oh dear. Yeah. It's That's so like crazy. insane. God. I can't think about that. I know. I don't want to think about it either. Candy's dandy. Candy's dandy. Tell me more where that came from. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> So, um, I think it's interesting that, um, they, uh, that Cooper brings up that he's left his jurisdiction twice. Every time he goes to one-eyed jacks, he's out of his jurisdiction because it's in Canada. Um, that's just good plotting right there. And it'll come into play later. Cooper meets Ben in the hotel. So I just want to, I'm going to say it now. Cause I keep thinking every, every time I read one of these outlines of the scene, this episode was directed so incredibly well. Every scene mm -hmm. had tension and every scene felt purposeful. Yes. Yeah. Every, like, even the scenes with Josie, hashtag stop Asian hate, I felt like I felt like I cared about what was going on with her. And it's the first time I've ever cared That's about her character. That's so true. Yeah. And right. so, like, honestly, most of the time when she comes on, I'm just like, I, I can answer usually, this text yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Because but even with, like, her and Truman, which is a romance that I've just never bought, yeah. I was uh -huh. like, whoa. Yeah. Well, there are a couple. There's just of, no chemistry. There like, are a couple of scenes. I oh, sorry, I interrupted you. No, you're good. You. You're good. Um, there are a couple of, of scenes in this episode that make me wonder, like, um, I don't know the name of the actress that plays Josie, but Joan Chen. Joan Chen. You like that? Right yeah, off the top of my head. I do. Um, did like it seems like she's a good actress. Totally. But it also seems like whatever direction she's getting is interfering with that. Or maybe it's just it wasn't the right casting for Josie. Like, I'm wondering if maybe someone else played I agree, Josie. Yeah. You maybe. guys are you guys are right on to truth, to fact right here. So the character of Josie was originally um First of all, not supposed to be Chinese because it was supposed to be played by Isabella Rossellini, mm. um, David Lynch's girlfriend at the time. But they broke up and they ended up recasting it and stuff like that. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll cast Joan Chen. 
But the whole point of her was to be a foreigner because Isabella Rossellini is Italian and she has a thick accent. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, we want someone to be foreign because then that can tie in like some plot from outside. So they cast Joan Shen because she was still like the kind of vibe they wanted. And then they're like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll tie this into Chinese, which is the kind of Asian that she is. I don't know if that's how you say that correctly. But oh, um, I don't that's think what so. her ethnicity is. <laughs> I'll edit the, that part out. But, um, no, I'm just kidding. Is, is ethnicity? I is ethnicity, ethnicity or nationality? Was... Because she's not from... We're the... all white here. <laughs> We're trying our best. We're trying um, our best. But uh, that's what... We can cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I definitely will. I, I chop up around most of the Josie stuff anyway. But um, that's what the original plan was, and that's why they uh, they have her play the character. Like, uh-huh. They already written the character. They said they changed some of the background details. She's great, though. With what she she's given. Great. Yeah. I just think... I just... Joan Chen is great, but and I think that you see how great she is in this episode. But For I sure. also think that somehow, either with the writing or the direction, the character of Josie was just not um, written in a way that drives well with how she acts. Sometimes it feels like she's kind of like trapped in something, like screaming right. for a way right. out, like, yeah. like animated on top so of true. it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Cooper meets Ben in the hotel dining room with a briefcase of money. He reports that Audrey is at One-Eyed Jack's, that Blackie was murdered by Jean Renault, and that Audrey is recovering from a drug overdose. Ben hugs and thanks Cooper. More than just that happens in this episode. So um, she, so he talks to him, and Ben d- basically has like a feeling of, like, I'm so glad the money is safe, mm-hmm. which Cooper obviously is like appalled at. Yeah. And right. there's a little bit of a power dynamic where Cooper is like you can't visit her tonight yeah, yeah. like it'd be better if you did it if you'd be better if you didn't so which badass. Was, yeah it's so awesome yeah. and yeah. and you can tell ben is like uh, <laughs> okay fine he still hugs him at the end i know i hate how he like goes to the money he's like oh, yeah like he's yeah. touching it i'm like yeah. bruh how much money can that guy have i don't know it honestly makes you think like never enough know. just it's retire enough early yeah yeah i don't get it he... or start a non-profit or something yeah do some good sir so um yeah, basically, Cooper's just back on his A game, and in, in the fact that they're giving him quality stuff to work with instead of like right. just listening to people's problems for five episodes. Mm-hmm. So Bobby pushes Leo through the kitchen in a wheelchair. It that is a it is a brutal that is <laughs> scene br- to watch. <laughs> it's rough. Uh, Tom Brockman, the insurance agent, congratulates Bobby and Shelley on their decision on their dedication to Leo. Shelly signs the agreement and the agent gives them their first check, which is much smaller than Bobby had planned for. Um, nothing much to say there. Tom Brockman and Shelly are wearing the same jacket. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Shelly looks Doubles. great. That's a double. Yeah. Shelly yeah, does look great. Shelly's just been killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's cutie. She's never not looked good, I guess, with a black eye. No, she's still... Yeah. And if Brad was preferable. here, if Brad was here, I'll be Brad... I just really like it when women like uh, look sad. I just love sad women. <laughs> he he does he say loves, that and has said I that know. a lot. Oh, I wonder uh, what happened in his childhood. Okay. <laughs> so Donna tells Harry about Laura's secret diary. Harry warns warns her that she is like the boy who cried wolf. Um, it's such a good advice mm-hmm. from a lawman. Well, we're so- solving this case, and I don't want anything to do with clues. <laughs> Gordon Stupid. Cole, Cooper's hard of hearing supervisor, enters, played by yes. the. Ama- I almost said late great. He's still alive and he's rocking a beard nowadays. He's killing it. Yeah. The great David Lynch, the creator David of Lynch. this show with Mark Frost. 
Gordon delivers Albert's reports. The hair from outside Cooper's room was from a vicuna coat. The drug from Gerard's oh. syringe was unique. Oh, what? I, I just thought vicuna of something. Coat? Okay. Maybe a double. I'll okay. Get, I'll, I'll bring it up later. So vicuna, that's, is that referring to vicuna? Is that the same thing? I don't know what vicuna is. What is well, a vicuna? A vicuna, so... Here we go. Here's a mission. No, I like <laughs> just in Ecuador and Peru, there are like smaller llamas. They're called vicuñas. Oh, okay. I would, so I would, I'm I would imagine that's... that there's okay. related. Yeah. Um, and other parts llamas. of South America, I'm sure. But uh, Al- Albert's notes also say that the drug from Gerard's, Gerard's syringe was unique. And the papers from near the what is the heck does that mean? And the papers from near the train track were from <laughs> limited a <diary>. edition drugs. <laughs> yeah. Also, it says that the papers from near the train track were from a diary. How would he tell that? Oh, this paper is definitely from a diary. <laughs> I mean, like maybe it said "Dear Diary" on it. That would be yeah, that's no. a dead giveaway. He's like, I, I need to inspect this a little bit further. <laughs> oh no! I need to bring this back to the labs. See what this means. And then Hawk enters dragging Gerard, who is taken to Harry's office. So Hawk found Gerard and brought him there against his will. Mm -hmm. Um, It's wild. (laughs) Anyway, and then Don is like, from what we've seen last episode, Hawk could do it. Uh, Hawk, yeah, Hawk can do anything. Yeah. He's still rocking that sweater. So wait, let's say that Hawk. Hawk saved Cooper and Truman. And then immediately went back out looking for the one armed man and immediately found him. Yeah. He's been He's first of all, he deserves like a week off. Oh yeah. And second of all, uh, Diane Shapiro is one lucky lady. Yeah. That's his girlfriend. In case you forgot, he mentioned her in that previous episode. Ben visits Audrey, and she rebuffs. She rebuffs his words of comfort. Uh, She asks for Cooper to take her home, but Ben suggests they all go together. It's an awkward car ride, don't you think? Yeah. I wonder what they talked about. Did I send you that meme, that Lord of the Rings meme, where it says, when you're at your girlfriend's house for dinner, and she says, pass the, pass the salt, daddy. Oh, and then it shows yeah. the boyfriend reaching for it, and, <laughs> and the the dad like looking at him. That's Ben and yeah. Cooper. Ben and Cooper. <laughs> That's so <laughs> this funny. Is, this next part is um, written a little rough. Nadine proudly comes back home with Ed and some bag and some bags and asks there's so many uh, second draft and guys i love i love sometimes the details that they choose to include <laughs> oh, and they some bags they leave out some, some very bags. important stuff but, but that's the other things the it's bags like, yeah <laughs> do not forget do not forget the bags nadine proudly comes back home with ed and some bags and asks when her parents will be back from europe then not so subtly hints that they should have sex. You know what? <laughs> She's legit. That note is amazing. You know what I mean. Not so subtly. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Funny. So funny. Candy's dandy, huh? Candy's dandy. Tell me where that came from. Why? Jonathan gets dressed and tells Josie that they are leaving that night. They Okay, so... Oh, that's okay, so but... subtly hints that they should have sex, but doesn't mention that Jonathan probably raped yeah. Josie. Yeah. Like, oh, oh my yeah, gosh, I know. cousin Jonathan. Uh, I don't think they're. Wait, cousins. it doesn't say that on the note. No, it doesn't say that. That's like a huge thing. The opening Goodness. next scene is him putting he, his putting, belt back yeah, on. Yeah. Which, first of all, I and thought her was with her like open back. Yeah. Also, what a jarring transition. To oh go my from, gosh, uh, Nadine. 
joking about sex and then to, 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 to like, a very oh my gosh, very, that's so yeah. true. Ugh. The aftermath of a rape. That's so. The first part of that scene, I remember thinking, oh, is Dr. Jacoby in this episode? Because his tie looks oh. kind of like one of his Hawaiian oh, shirts. Oh, yeah. And then it shows Josie, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. That's just, <laughs> it, that is a jarring, ugh. Anyway. They did that. Josie argues that she needs to be paid from the insurance money and by Ben Horn, but Jonathan says that he will kill Harry if she does not leave that night. Oh, Maddie looks over the lake, sitting next to, what? oh, Sorry, they just don't have like a paragraph separation between these two things, so it makes oh, it sound like it's the same it's scene. The same scene. So that's that scene. Okay. <laughs> On to the next one. Maddie looks over the lake, sitting next to James. He apologizes for their romantic confusion, and Maddie says <laughs> Dude, that she liked it that James was confusing her for Laura. Hey, I'm sorry, I was I was into you. <laughs> he apologizes for the romantic. There, confusion. there are dudes like that. Oh my god. Hey, you look a lot like this girl that I know that died. Like two weeks ago, I'm really sorry that like that affected I... them. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry that you were into it. Here, here's yeah, a she du- was. Here's yeah. a double. James and his two girls. James is a double That's timer. True. That's true. That's and... true. Also, there's still tension between these two characters. It's interesting that Maddie like owns up to it. She's like, "You're cool. I actually kind of liked it a little bit." Because it's like, yeah. "Oh, that's super adult." Yeah. That's just yeah. She doesn't. She's not trying to get drama right now. That's well, great. It's like it's like kind of counter because she, it's like an adult of her to just be like oh straight up like I'm into that mm-hmm. but also it's very immature that she is into that if that makes sense I agree but, but it's also I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't fully dig the um, I mean it's Maddie high school stuff in Twin Peaks yeah Maddie's mm-hmm. great um so <laughs> and she it's says, true they are in high school yeah it's they're well remember. Maddie's in college which is weird but anyway Wait. She's like oh, oh. She? she's like two years older than them. I didn't like realize that, I guess. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't bring it up here. It's definitely a large part of Laura Palmer's secret diary. They talk about their age difference a lot. Interesting. Hmm. Um so she says that he and Donna belong together and that she is going home for the next day. Going home the next day. So eh, cool chick. Um is that all they have for that? That's scene? all they got. Because Maddie brings up something I found very significant when she says that she growing up she hears Laura's thoughts. Yeah. They're so close oh to my that. gosh, They're I hearing rem- Laura's thoughts. I didn't remember. And what that. and what we know about that family, first of all, we don't know what side of the family Maddie's from, but we know that that the Palmer family is is kooky. Yeah. Yes. Is like Sarah Palmer has visions frequently. Maddie right. has had a vision. Yeah. Um Oh my gosh. That was terrifying. I feel like do you think that this is a thing where she's like clairvoyant? She can like sense whenever Laura was in Could trouble. Be. Could be. Do you think that's still happening? Anyway. Ooh. Do you think that this has all been a dream? Kenna? Um, so. Anyway, next scene, they all wake up. Um, so Ben hands Josie a glass of wine. Jessie. This was playing in the background of that scene. Um, so Ben hands Josie a glass of wine, and she says she will not leave the office without her money. <laughs> Get it, girl. Ben threatens her with his secret file on her late husband's demise. She rebounds with her own key to a safety deposit box full of evidence against him. Ben signs over to her the check from Tokyo Bank. 
Nothing that, much to say that's there. a fun scene with Josie. Yeah, she's really good at it. There's yeah. really good performing on both parts. Also, Leslie Linka Gladder stages it. She blocks the scene as like a as like as if they're equals. It's really mm-hmm. good. Bobby and Shelly have a party celebrating Leo's homecoming. Bobby and Shelly kiss, but Leo's head drops forward and Shelly screams. Um, yeah. This okay. There's a there's more nuance to this scene yeah. than just that. Yeah. yeah. Um something that struck me as I was watching this scene is just how absolutely preposterous it is that um they forego all of the terrible things that Leo has done. They forego yeah. Yeah. bringing justice on Leo for insurance money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're talking about this yeah. as they're like drinking and kissing. And it makes me wonder, like, Bobby might not be that much better than Leo. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways. Like, he is. I was thinking the same thing when we were watching. And, like, Leo is just, like, kind of pointing out all the things about. I mean, Bobby's pointing out all these things about Leo. It's already happening. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you are toxic. Shelly's right. got a type. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Although it's interesting that there's that reality check with him, like, like kind of coming forward like looking at Shelly because then Bobby rolls over really quickly he's like oh we'll take care of you like I'm so right. sorry Shelly it was kind of nice to see that he was like because Shelly was like freaked out yeah and he was like oh okay yeah, yeah no totally and he like responds to that and like addresses it yeah and I was like oh this is refreshing Shelly yeah, yeah. actually has someone respectful for her uh-huh. <laughs> but besides that it's like yeah Leo would do this exact same thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah although he'd be a lot worse he'd be a lot yes. worse he'd be yeah. a lot meaner I think the difference between Leo and Bobby is that hair hair first of first all first of all sorry anyway. um I think Bobby has a core that is good mm-hmm. but you don't you hardly ever get a glimpse at it yeah like you are you hardly ever get a glimpse of Bobby's vulnerability, um, but I do think you get a, a little smidgen of it at the end there, where when they think that you know when Shelly gets scared. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other the other scene that I think is interesting with Bobby is from season one when he's talking with Doctor Jacoby. Like, yeah. That's yeah. That scene's great. And he Breaks just starts down. crying. Yeah. Like, it's so it hardly ever happens when but when bobby gets vulnerable it's so intriguing it is it is mm-hmm. he's a great character yeah cooper meets gordon at the station house gordon tells cooper that albert thinks cooper is in over his head like he was in pittsburgh and delivers an anonymous letter that was sent to the home office so this is what i wanted to bring up so gordon is like okay so first of all gordon brings up pittsburgh and i think Albert also brought up Pittsburgh when they, like, when he was in town at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. He basically been like, is this going to be like Pittsburgh again? And Cooper's always like, it's not like Pittsburgh. And I just want to remind you, Kenna, that in season one, Cooper was talking to Truman, I think, and was like, uh, I was, I like, I was in love once, but it got like, I can't remember his exact wording, but he said something basically where he was like, but it got in the way of the job. Yeah. Oh yeah, I do remember that. We got a couple of clues so far <laughs> going on here, so that's something to keep your keep your uh, you eyes and ears open for. Um, Gordon Coles is a great character, and I love Cooper walking in, not oh. seeing him, and just pointing at him. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the coolest so thing perfect. ever. Also, 
meta textually too because Kyle MacLachlan's been in two of uh, Lynch's films before this. He was in Dune and in Blue Velvet, and then now he's in this. It's just that I know that Kyle MacLachlan is like one of David Lynch's muses, mm-hmm. and it's so great to see someone like that because it's like that that's really how cool. they probably are off screen too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just love any cute Cooper moments that cute we'll be talking about Cooper later. Moments. So then, um, the letter. The anonymous letter that was sent to the home office is an opening move from a chess deal indicating to Cooper that it is from Wyndham Earl. Now, we only know that Wyndham Earl is Cooper's ex-partner. That's all we know. Because Co- Albert brought it up in episode two oh. of this season where he's like, hey, your your ex-partner like broke free from like the nutty house. He didn't say those exact words, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. The nutty house. Ben and Leland enter Ben's office, and Ben says he needs Leland back. Leland says that he is 110%. Ben says Jerry is on his way to check out the new investors, and they need a way to delay the project. So Leland suggests several devious ways. This scene's just great. There's this brilliant bit where Leland just reaches behind him. And... and he grabs a piece of fur off, off of that fur. taxidermized. What is that thing? I don't know. I don't know. Some sort of fox or but, ferret. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, I loved it. Funny. Leland's great in this Leland's in this whole great. episode. I was so happy to see him. I know. Honestly, I was like, everybody is coming. Yeah. Into this episode that I here. want. Everyone that you want. Here. And yeah. speaking of, we're about to talk about one more person that you like. Harry enters Josie's house and finds Jonathan. Not this is not the scene. Harry enters Josie's house um, and finds Jonathan carrying a full load of suitcases. Josie tells Harry she's leaving. Harry tells her she cannot leave. That he loves her. She turns away. Brutal. Brutal. This scene is brutal. It's so sad. He says it twice. He says it twice, and she just stops, and then she keeps walking. She does not even turn around. No, she doesn't. I love how Jonathan comes in, and then. Truman's like, you leave, leave us Jonathan. alone. Yeah. And Jonathan's just like, that's cool. I got my spot by the window. I'll assume the position. Oh my gosh. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that's the right. The creepy he's just like, he's just window. standing there. Oh my gosh. I can't get inside. I um, can't get inside. That's the scene where I'm talking about where it's like, I don't even care about Josie. There, there are three scenes in this episode where I'm like, I don't care that much about Josie. But now I do. Yeah. Or like, yeah. these scenes are working for me. Mm-hmm. They're making me care about her. Ben lights a cigar at a table with Mr. Tojimura, who asks why he was re- he has received nothing when Ben has a cashier's check for $5 million. Mr. Tojimura says he will withdraw while Ben tries to dance around the questions, and Tojimura says his family was at Nagasaki. The sounds of a piano... I don't... I mean... Okay, anyway. The sounds of a yeah. piano and Leland's voice begin, and Ben excuses himself. Leland does not take the hint to stop, and Tojimura watches him from the bar next to him. Oh, sorry. Semicolon. Next to him, Pete turns and identifies the song Leland sings as being from The King and I. As Leland and Ben exchange compliments, Peter, Pete, tries hard to engage Tojimura in conversation. That's all I really want to say about this scene, except for that uh, Leland's performance of um, um, Getting to Know You. Yeah. I don't know if that's the official name of the song. Is great. And I love the return of singing Leland. Mm -hmm. And I love the... Pete. Pete. We Pete. love Pete. That was who I was also just very happy to see turn around at the he was bar. Great. Yeah. So good. And of course he's just drinking milk. I know. He's like, how about a glass of cold milk? <laughs> just a glass of cold milk. That's about that's a man after my oh, own heart. Oh Pete. So I'm just like 
I'm just, the one I was watching him like try to offer and like be friendly to Mr. Tojimura. Tojimura. I was like, why is this happening? Like, yeah. it's just to prove further that he's just like a jolly, good guy. nice guy. I think it's supposed to set up Mr. Tojimura is being just like like in- inculcated with the people of Twin Peaks. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And I think Pete is a really good ambassador to that. That's so true, yeah. I love Pete. We love Pete. All right, here we go. Let's don't eat Pete. Yeah, let's let's not eat Pete. Don't eat Pete. Let's don't. Even if. Candy's Dundee. Oh. Can't be more where that came from. Candy's Dundee. Okay. Even more of that. This is the last scene of the episode. The officers interrogate Gerard. Who Ooh. begs for his medicine, and Cooper asks if he suffers from schizophrenia because the medicine that he takes is oh, for schizophrenia. And then the opening of the scene is just amazing, with starting from the bottom, bottom of the, the table okay, and then so coming up and. Yeah. I counted one, two, three. There are four or five different times in this episode where the the scene begins with the camera underneath, underneath the or above something. Yeah. When mm-hmm. um. Donna is talking to Harry about the secret diary. It starts at the light and then comes, comes down. down. Yeah. When Audrey's laying on the bed and she's about to talk to Ben, oh, it starts yeah. underneath the bed and comes up. And then this Ooh. scene it starts underneath the desk and it starts going in. Yeah. Good cat. Leslie awesome. Linka Gladder. Leslie yes, Linka queen. Gladder. What are you doing, girl? She's great. You are a queen. Girl boss. Philip Gerard. <laughs> begins to have a seizure and speaks in an otherworldly voice. He says his name is Mike and he's an inhabiting spirit. We're going to break down all of this. We can do it now yeah. and in the red room. I think Should okay. we just head to the red room right now? Well, uh, okay. There's a lot to, there's, there's a, a lot, lot to of unpack red room here. stuff. There's here. a lot of red room stuff. Also, I just want to bring up, I don't think this was mentioned in the thing, but the owl is shows up like right yeah, at, at the, the beginning. very beginning of this episode. So First of all, there's that. And also, when Cooper first talks to Gordon Cole and they're talking about Philadelphia, Gordon Cole says that sleepless nights and weird dreams are part of the territory, which sounds like it could be for, you know, being an FBI agent. But to yeah, boy, Harrison, it sounds like he's talking about the territory of Twin Peaks, Washington. It could be double Mm. meaning. It could be double meaning. I think it's it's written that way on purpose. I think it's ambiguous. Okay. Um, he says his name is Mike and he is an inhabiting spirit. He says that Bob was his familiar and that he cannot reveal where Bob came from. He says that Bob is eager for fun and that everyone runs when he smiles. He talks about parasites and says that Bob needs a host to feed on fear and the pleasures. Feed on fear and the Okay. Yeah. That's what he says in the episode. Okay. Yeah. Bob needs his fear and they are his children. Oh. Right, jeez, oh, yeah, that's the right. Fear and the pleasures. That's right. Together, Cooper and Mike, together, Cooper and Mike recite a poem. Through the darkness of future past, the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire walk with me. Mike says that he saw God and took off his arm, but remained close to Gerard in order to stop Bob. He says that the picture is Bob's true face, but few can see it. Only the gifted and the damned. Which I'm pretty sure is also a song from that Iggy Pop wrote with one of Tricks Point Never about. for uh, 
good time. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, okay. Or is that the beautiful and the damned? I don't uh, know. We'll talk about possibly. it later. Anyway. I don't I love one know. There's a little bit more left. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, but, but yes, say it. I just feel the, I feel the need to point out when, um, he says the gifted, he looks at Cooper. And when he says the damned, he looks straight into the camera. Ooh. That's right. We're going to hell. Spook. We're okay. all damned. We're all going to hell. We're all damned. He he's says, yeah, he's looking at you. You're sitting in the middle of the room. He's like, <laughs> he's you're like, you're a sinner. <laughs> hey, you Kenna. repent. Kenna. You, oh my gosh. If he said my name. I would have just ran. <laughs> you're, I think your spirit would have departed from your body. Yeah. Yeah. He says that for the last 40 years, Bob has been in a lodge house in the trees, a house with many similar rooms, but occupied by different souls every night. Cooper says, the Great Northern Hotel. And then the episode ends. <laughs> Ugh, I hate that. It's not how the episode ended, but I thought I it was know, funny. it's still terrifying. So, uh, let's head over to the Red Room and let's talk about what that all means. Uh, yeah. Have you seen one point Never's, like, music, music video? Videos? Yeah, it's directed by the Safties. <sighs> it's, uh, it's a, it's a lot. It's oh overwhelming. Gosh. Like, I don't, I, what's it called? I don't like me anymore. Yep. It's so good. I feel like I watch it a lot. It's a good music video. I love me some Safties. <sighs> okay. So let's, 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 let's unpack it. There's a lot. Back to, to front. Okay. Because we just ended with the most supernatural scene of the episode. Right. Okay. I'm going to start from the beginning of the scene. I'm just going to run through some stuff. So Mike Gerard suffers from schizophrenia i'm assuming he was diagnosed with schizophrenia when or sorry philip gerard suffers from schizophrenia i feel feel like he was diagnosed with that after mike came into his body but but don't they they also mention multiple personality disorder yeah yeah they do so but what i'm saying is i think either yeah but yes i agree i'm i think it's like oh now people think he's crazy because he has these two people inside of him mm-hmm. yeah i do think that the medicine keeps mike away which is why the giant says without chemicals he points oh right. my goodness uh, yeah okay. wait i never put that together oh really there you go well um so he's so bob is eager for fun and that everyone runs when he smiles um so bob needs a host to feed on fear and the pleasures so he's living inside someone, mm-hmm. um, and he's taking he's taking them over, and he's used them. So spooky. Inhabitable spirit, yeah. Oh it's my goodness. Really spooky. Um, the question is: Is this person like uh, Philip and Mike in that they're yeah, split right? personalities, or, or what is it? What yeah. Is it? How does it or work? is it someone that like could hide easily mm-hmm. with Bob inside of them? Yeah. Um, questions to consider the picture that, um, Cooper shows him, which is the one that Andy drew. No, Andy in this episode. Uh, it's so that picture that Andy drew is the one that Sarah Palmer described to Andy after she saw his face at the foot of Laura's bed. Mm -hmm. So, and he says that is Bob's true face. Mm hmm. 
So that's what he actually looks like, the spirit of Bob. Um, I mean, I guess the big part is that Bob has been living in a lodge house in the trees, a house with many similar rooms, but occupied by different souls every night. I start thinking about Bob, and I just get so freaked out about this show. Yeah. Like, he's Bob the scariest part terrifying. of the show. Yeah, he's, oh my he's very gosh. terrifying. Like, this show is, I, I'm like, oh, it's like so vibey. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah. And then I start thinking about that, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. It makes me so scared and sick. Okay, okay, okay. Um let's I want to talk about the uh the room, like the building with lots of different rooms. Yeah. Is he referring to the lodge? Do we Cooper think he's seems the Great Northern? to think so. Yeah. The Great Northern. But is he or is he referring to some place like the Red Room or who what, 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 what yeah, would it be? The true. Black Lodge maybe. I, one of the first thoughts I had when I first saw the show was like the jailhouse. Mm. But um, Interesting. Yeah. you really think about what places yeah. like has what places have trees around it, and I think about like even the one, the where Josie's been staying. Right. Is that the oh, what's it? Blue Pine Lodge, yeah. which is where the Martells live. Um. I mean, I don't know if the bookhouse counts. I doesn't not about many rooms. Um. That one cot. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, could be any of things, any number of things. Maybe even, I mean, probably not the school. Yeah, because you don't stay o- no. overnight. Yeah. But. yeah. Um, I think, uh, and also he said last forty years it's been in one person. Right. So it's like they're all kids. It couldn't be for forty yeah. years. Uh, yeah. So it's probably it's someone older in the yeah. in the cast. I think that is significant. Yeah. If you're clever, I uh, I w- pick that up. Want to ask Kenna who she thinks the killer is, but I'm not going to, because I don't want her to get it right, and then it gets awkward in here. And we're <laughs> like, oh, that's no, not that person. How about how about this? We ask her, and then whatever she says, we just no reaction. Yeah, we I'm move on gonna, to I'm a not, different question. Well, I, I, well, I don't actually like. I don't know. I still. I feel like there's new a lot characters of come people. in, and then yeah. new factors come in, where it's like someone that I thought before is just canceled out completely now. You know, it's Gordon Cole. Mm-hmm. It could be Gordon. Yeah. Could be Gordon. But I don't think it's Gordon. I hate that. Yeah, I know. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so another thing that you pointed out, McKay, was that the owl is looking. Um, it, we see an owl right at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like the owls are always there whenever something major is about to happen. They're like yeah. witnesses. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. It's like they're chronicling the history of Twin Peaks, I almost feel, because it's like when James and Donna went and got the locket or went and looked for the, the little the necklace that they hid, they're talking and then the owl hoots and then it shows, it, like they look at it and it's like this big dramatic shot of the owl. It's almost like, we're well, the owls are not what they seem, they're always watching. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're bad though. I don't know if they're sinister. They kind of seem know. to be... Like protective. They, yeah. yeah, I I think you had it right. I don't think they're evil necessarily. I think they're just signifiers. I think they're maybe watch, watchers. Yeah, seers. Yeah. yeah. Where they just when they when they're there, you know that the supernatural is not far yeah. away. I love that. I love that. Um, and then I think for my own head canon, the Cooper talking about like or not Cooper Gordon Cole saying like oh well what weird dreams comes with the territory oh, yeah. to me in my head he's like about some peace that okay. is true that just for fits you for me. Yep. if you if it's you, my truth 
if you can think it you can dream it that's right <laughs> you know so is that do we think that's all of um, the, all of the that's not even like doesn't make any sense what i just said <laughs> if you can think it you can dream it it's like you if you can dream it you can do it that's like the that's what i'm gonna do if you can yeah. think it you can dream it if you can dream it you can do it if you can do it you can shove it <laughs> oh. okay well um i'll take my theories and i'll um, go here i had, will shove it i just i had one more thing to say i think it's a super significant thing that um the one-armed man brings up uh, or mike yeah um and it's that i mean i mentioned this before but the people who can see bob are uh the gifted or the damned or the damned so what that means to me is that the people who can see bob are either gifted in some way that they have a connection to Mm. this yeah um more spiritual realm yeah or they're victims of bob wow so Uh, oh my goodness with that in mind think of who's seen bob up until this point We've got like we know Cooper has Laura, for sure. Laura, Laura, Maddie, Sarah, Maddie. Uh, and Sarah. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's wild. Just are they are they victims or are they gifted? And Leland to the whole Palmer family. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's Andy. How wild would that be? Oh my goodness. They've got a similar like head shape. I think it's Dick. I think it's Dick. Dick Tremaine. Tremaine. I definitely think it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um well that's I that's I think that's all we got for supernatural stuff. Should we head to the double R? Yeah. All right, let's get on over to the uh double R. Are you looking for secrets? I haven't been able to use that one. I grew up in Boston. What? Well, actually, I grew up in books. Oh. All right. Kenna's cute Cooper corner. Well, we already said it, but basically the snap. I honestly think that shot is set up like perfectly with like the glass too. Yep. It's just really good and cute. Their whole like relationship is also very cute. I Him feel saying like. that you remind me of a Mexican Chihuahua yeah. is first of all adorable. Second of all, spot on. And like, I love how totally. he brings it up later. He was like, "Dude, what was that thing with the Mexican Chihuahua you were saying?" And like Gordon Cole's like, "We got, we got know, bigger fish to fry." <laughs> He's like, "I'm not bringing that back up. That was just cute thing was just I true. made up for you." Yeah. <laughs> That was honestly basically it. Just their relationship was very him, cute. Him being incredibly protective over Audrey and responding to oh, when that's she also, says daddy. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I wanted more. Also, Cooper in a turtleneck. Ooh. I'll say all the, the All black get up. I'll repeat it. Yeah. yeah. Cooper in a turtleneck. Yeah. Cooper in a turtleneck. Oh. All black. Oh. Tasty. Taste. Okay. Rub some of that on me. Oh. 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 I'll take mm. it. Mm. I'll take that. I'll take this baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Can we go to doubles? Yes, let's go. So we got Tom Brockman and Shelly are wearing the same jacket. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, 
there's another one. I, oh, Bookhouse and being raised in books. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. That, I think we made that one up. Mike. No, that's totally a thing. Mike and Bob. Mike and Mike Bob. Mike and Bob. Mike Snake and Bob. And Bob. It'd be Snake. interesting if he was like, my name is Mike. Some people call me Snake. Oh, my goodness. And everyone would be like, yeah, we know you wrestle for the high school. <laughs> Some people call me Toad. Toad. Nadine um, goes to high school. That's not... Actually, he hasn't gone to high school yet. Sorry, that was a little spoiler. Not yet. Cut this out. Oh, we're, we're, the 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 show's train is on the tracks there. Yeah. But um, um, okay. I have one. Okay. And like last week, it is a little bit of a stretch. I like it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Please do. Um, so they're talking about uh, Commissioner, not David Lynch. What's Gordon Cole? Gordon Cole comes in talking about how they found hair fur essentially um oh on the art the the art akuna whatever akuna jacket right, yeah. yeah the the akuna jacket and um Acuna? whatever leland <laughs> picks off some fur and puts it in his puts in it in his, his pocket There's to- that's totally a thing that's totally a thing yeah that's totally so. a thing yeah hmm um interesting that's good. I, I am accepting that. I'm saying yes. Thanks. I think... Uh, there are two creepy neck kisses in this yes, episode. absolutely. No. Yeah, there's two creepy neck grabs from one character. Oh, yeah. Like the same, the same, same creepy move. neck grab twice in it a row. It didn't work the first I time, Jonathan. That. Don't try it again. Okay. Question of the week. Do you, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Um, I didn't really think of one. Any of the questions I'm coming up with are not that great. Well, yeah, that's okay. Where do you think Andy was? Oh, good cue. Do you think he um, came still being after... the go-to girl? The what? The <laughs> he's just it still at the front desk. Yeah, he's yeah. the like, can-do girl. He's just the can-do girl. He's Whoa. just like covered in. He's completely covered <laughs> he's in. He's just a mountain of sticky <laughs> notes. So he was just blending into the background. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, and when he him. comes in the room, it's like <laughs> that's just so like papers. Funny. Yeah. No, but when That'd we left great. Andy, uh, he had just figured out about the abortion. The abortion. So yeah. I'm assuming he went off to take care yeah, of that. Yeah, I think so too. It would have been nice to know that. Um, no, well, okay. Never mind. I well, thought I had a question. How do you think Norma's day was going? Um, Miss Norma. My Actually, I think my question is, does Shelly still work at the Double R Diner? I know. I haven't seen her there well, for a couple days. What was she saying when she got that, um, you know, that check? And she was like, no, I'm going to have to, like, get a work new extra. job. Or work mm-hmm. extra. Yeah. Right. All right. Favorite scene. We're going to start with me. No, we're starting with Kenna. Well, I, like, I don't know. I was the most just, like, captivated in the party scene with... Oh, yeah. With That's uh, not the one you want to choose. I know there's another why? one you like. Because <laughs> oh, we talked right after the episode. You're like, oh, that's my favorite scene. Really? We're talking about this one. I don't think so. Which, wait, 
I'm not gonna give it to you if you didn't remember it. Are you just it. saying that because you want the birthday? Season? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't like, want. I was just surprised. It's like I gave you a first choice on purpose. Really? You'd use it well. Yeah. You're gonna I was, choose yourself. I was so going to say the birthday scene. Oh, seriously? Personally, yeah. <laughs> well, I got like well, I got like two I have picks a lot over of, that. I have a lot of different scenes that I like, but okay. I just like that one the yeah. best. Yeah. Um, just because of its playfulness and it it has a lot of different elements to it that I like. So, but I mean, I can choose like three others that I'm like I also very much like this scene for this reason you know okay the singing scene the birthday scene was great yeah the reason why i like the birthday scene and i'm not choosing it because you, you can't just did. yeah that's but right. i'll just say this i love how um it manages to be a number of things at once like it yeah, manages totally. to be um light-hearted and mm-hmm. fun but also and then kind of right off-putting yeah, it's, yeah. and it's very like scary but then it ends tenderly yeah mm-hmm. um, i was like kind of at the edge of my seat i was like he's gonna f- yeah. like freak out or something i don't know i'm yeah. scared it's just, though it's tension it's tense yeah yeah i agree my favorite scene is the last scene with, oh wait you haven't said your favorite no, scene no, no, you go you go first you go first <laughs> go last. you're supposed to go next no i'll go last I'll oh go last. whatever you've already said it my favorite scene is the last scene with philip gerard mike well yeah that's which great i so yeah. f- first of all this is off topic but I just remembered it. Um, David Lynch's favorite movie is Sunset Boulevard. Have you ever seen Sunset Boulevard? It's great. It's uh, Billy Wilder. Um, and there's a minor character mentioned that you never see named Gordon Cole in that movie. And that's where mm-hmm. he took the name for his character in mm-hmm. Twin Peaks, Gordon Cole. But um, anyway, every scene he's in in this episode is like really really extra good and i wonder if it's having so david lynch on set added something i don't know i'm not i, I do not think i don't want to hi- hypothesize that too, he though. was like co-directing with leslie linka glatter mm-hmm. but i'm mm-hmm. i would n- i would be surprised if she didn't ask him like what do you think of this occasionally yeah because every scene that he was in which was the last scene the chihuahua scene and the scene when the one armed man first comes in and don is in the hallway are just like yeah. Really solid. Like really yeah. well crafted. Really, really. Um, I was thinking yeah. the same thing actually. But that scene has has at the heart of it my favorite thing about Twin Peaks, which is the spooky nature. Yeah. yeah. I love the soap opera stuff and the aesthetic a lot. In fact, like mm-hmm. I was kind of heartbroken when I um was like done with it because it was kind of like I just want more of that soap opera in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. But it really, the, watching it the second time through. It's the it's the creepy, spooky stuff at the heart of Twin Peaks. That's my absolute favorite element in it, and yeah. that's just in, they're in spades in that scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Favorite scene. Completely. I'm super sorry. No, you're totally fine. Um, it's I, okay to pick the Nadine scene. Well, we're not going to judge you. Um, I loved Nadine. <laughs> um, Jumping every time on top of I bed. see her, my heart gives a flutter. Yes. So gives uh, a flutter. Her leg like going over him. Yeah, that was like, yeah, scary. Uh, yeah. Um. No, I think I'm going to choose, oh man, I love the party scene so much, and I would have chosen that one, but I'm going to choose the scene between Leland and Oh, that's great. Horn. Yeah, that yeah. was um, honestly one of, my, one of my choices. Because it is, I feel like there's so much subtext there, and I don't even know what all is going on there but yeah. i feel like it's a scene that i need to rewatch a couple times so i can pinpoint what is being said and what's going on 
also kind of as a tag to that um was you know the scene between ben and leland as he's singing mm -hmm. and yep. they're just like side by side yeah, hugging each other i know that's kind of a separate scene um but their I dynamic just, is fascinating i'm just yeah. gonna say like the the scenes between those two in this episode are so captivating so good and i just i want to watch them over and over i think my runners up scene just so everyone knows is the cooper audrey scene at the beginning yeah where she's talking in her sleep i love True. that scene yeah. okay who won the episode mckay we'll start with you <sighs> i didn't think about this one it can be director um, it can be writer it can be an actor it can be a character okay uh director i okay I I think I have to go with the director. Yeah, because, Leslie Linkaglader. Um, amazing things were done in this episode, but also, if I if I got to pick two, I would say, I can never say his name right, but Andrea the the music. Angela Badalamenti. Yes, that. <laughs> That's Angela Badalamenti. Yeah, Angelo Badalamenti. Angelo Badalamenti. There you go. Um. He the soundtrack was on point yeah. for this Incredible. episode. Yeah. It so was good. the music so in the background good. of the Herald scene at the beginning yes. was yeah. like didn't need to be that good. No, I it know. was it was good. And then yeah. there was like the and then you know going back to the the Ben and uh, Leland scene. Yeah, there was just just like this droning low note yeah. the whole time that just added this tension. That's so true. And it was so delicious. Yeah. And I thought killed it this episode. Incredible. That's great. All right, Kenna. Um, I was also going to choose Leslie, but I think I will say David Lynch. So is it because he reminds me of a small Mexican Chihuahua? Yes. Chihuahua. And like, I want to go with that character, but I also just think David Lynch like really nailed it because of the dynamic with him and Cooper. It's incredible. It's like, it's yeah. very obvious. Like you said that outside of here, they're not that much different from how they were in the yeah. show. So I'll say David. For me, I think it's Leslie Linka-Glatter as well. I wasn't going to pick her. I was going to pick, um, oh, what's his name? Hold on one second. Let me just see real quick. What? I have it right here. One-Armed Man? Yep. Yeah, that was um, another one on my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was great. He's uh, really Al Strobel. He's just every scene he's in in the show is incredible. And I think yeah. this this one specifically, and the sadly, last scene was just ah. sadly I know because I've looked at his IMDb and I just know because of the world that we live in, that's an actor that doesn't get a lot of roles because yeah. he actually is disabled. He only has one arm. Mm -hmm. Oh really? Yeah. And so, the fact that he has this opportunity to like shine like yeah. this, he's given yeah. incredible, like material to work with and he always performs and so every right. time i watch him i'm always like i just wish people would cast him regardless of yeah. that because he's he can hold a scene he he upstages kyle mclaughlin in those scenes like yeah like I, he so is true. the whole focus of those scenes and he and he uses it to his advantage and he also plays off them well like i actually felt like Camar not camaraderie, but I felt like there was craftsmanship going between them like a game of tennis between him and the other characters mm -hmm. in that scene so true mm -hmm. but um yeah, I think I would say him, but I really just think that Leslie Linka Glatter just nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Just killed every single scene. And 
And it's hard to do that with Twin Peaks. It's actually watching it this time around has been it's been very obvious to me that that's really hard because David Lynch established the tone in the first in the pilot in the first episode and the second episode. And then it's like every or actually he didn't direct the second episode. Dwayne Dunham did, but he directed the third one anyway. It's so hard to then direct a TV show after a, a really great director mm-hmm. did the first episode. If you ever watched uh, House of Cards, oh, David yeah. Fincher directed the first episode, and then every episode after that had to look like he directed it. So mm-hmm. it was hard for people to move around. Yeah. But Leslie Lincoln Gladder, every time she directs, she like elevates so the true. style yeah. to like an even better height. It's just she should be like she should be talked about a lot more. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we got to rate the episode. We're gonna start with uh, me, you. and then we'll go to Kenna the McKay. Okay. I know I'm a fanboy, and I know this is gonna be controversial, but ten, like wow, straight up. Like yeah, I have no is, problem with this yeah. episode. Like it's actually like for me, this is like this is like the perfect. And this isn't the only 10 I give out. I have right. a couple different 10s. Right. I think I have two in the first season. I think I have like four in the second season. But um, it this is just like, this is everything I want it. I like it being. It's mm-hmm. just like, and it doesn't have anything, because there are episodes in this season and in the first season where it's like, that was major. Like something yeah. huge happens for the story. Nothing huge happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. but it's just as good as those episodes. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it even, no, I agree. it deserves that praise even more on a level of craftsmanship. And just, the, I think probably also because the five episodes before this didn't give time to Cooper. Yeah. So finally getting that, I'm just like so craving true, yeah. it. I'm just like, yes, yeah. I want more of this. So yeah, 10. And I, and I, I don't apologize. Okay. You don't have Kenna. to. Well, like I was like, Oh, because I love this episode. I think it's been my favorite so far, for yeah. sure. And so I don't want to like not give it a 10 either. Yeah. No, but you, you don't and have I'm to. And I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with it to give it a 9. But I can't, because I also agree that it's like it's it's written very well, too, is something that I was noticing, is I really liked the writing in it. It just flowed so well. So I feel like I would also give it a, if not, I would maybe like a nine 9.5, because I'm scared to give it a 10. Yeah. But... Also, it was just really, really good, and I don't have many complaints about it. Like you were saying, like we got enough Cooper time, and the Cooper time was like Cooper is discovering things that we may have already known, but it feels so satisfying for him to like yeah. kind of bring them up and then like yep. make connections with people. So I agree. I think I would nine point five to a ten. That's good. Yeah, no, it's it's. I was gonna say because you haven't seen. Like all of it, obviously. Yeah. So it's hard so it's for hard you to give like to a say, like, full, what? yeah, full like big picture view. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, and by the way, I'm never judgmental or disappointed if you guys ever rate below me, which you guys, I think everyone has so far. True. I am going to say. Uh, I'll probably say. A nine. That feels right to me. That's good. Yeah. So that's great. Really, really good episode. I think the thing that holds me back from giving it a 10 um, is just the stuff with Mr. Tojimura. Oh, yeah. that's so true. And yeah. That, yeah. That's my I point just, five. And then the Nadine stuff. If that, if the Nadine stuff was not there and the Tojimura stuff wasn't there, 
I think it would be a perfect episode for me. Also, there's a weird, like, I don't know. Some of the James stuff is just, eh. Like, it's, I, yeah, I understand it's, what you're saying. It's better than it has been in the past, but it's still James, not great. James still well, irks me. It's like there's some side stories <laughs> that I enjoy. And I, I honestly, like, yeah, it's anno- like Donna and James are annoying, but I kind of like it because yeah. it's like it makes it like it is, the no, cringiness I, that I, I like. I, I like it, too. But, I do like it. But um, I agree with the like the um, Nadine stuff. Sometimes I'm like, I just like I'm done looking at you like this. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. I am already sick of the Nadine plot line here. <laughs> yeah. And it is just beginning. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, going back to the James thing is like, I, I do enjoy some of the, you know, soap opera elements too. I just, James as a character, I just, is I can't now. get behind. I never have gotten behind. Um, there are a number of moments where I do accept James. I don't ever like, Love, love him, him, but yeah. I do accept him. Um, but that That's doesn't true. doesn't really happen for me in this episode. Um, but Maddie, I mean that Maddie's great, and uh, even Donna's great in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those, I mean, very very minor criticisms. Uh, no, totally. Really amazing episode, perfectly paced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just it, it flew by. It flew by. Um, and not a dull moment in this episode, and. We we got all of you know like we said before everyone is here Cooper is that we here want, yes uh, yeah Pete is here Pete uh, a lot of times yeah Ben is here Leland is here Audrey is here uh, we got them all and I love that mm-hmm. and so yeah it's great well this is the thing that I said I was gonna blow well not blow your mind I was gonna say that it's big for you at the end of this episode Kenna is that. So, originally, when this episode aired, right afterwards, so they, this episode came out. Now, let me just make sure I am telling the truth about the dates here. This episode originally premiered on November 3rd, 1990, and then on November 10th, 1990 was the next episode, and they, uh, wow, sorry, I'm just looking at some of the schedule things that are kind of shocking, um, they started advertising heavily on TV and in, ad, in print ads that the next episode would, re- would reveal who killed Laura Palmer. Oh, my gosh. So next week you find out who killed Laura oh Palmer. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Um, I don't even know what to do after that. I know. You don't look it up online. You've got seven days. Oh, my gosh. You can make it. Oh. Um, also, next episode of Twin Peaks is my favorite. Episode. I think it might be my favorite too. Really? It's yeah. tied with like four other ones. <laughs> it is. It's. I, no, I, I, I can think that. of. I, I can that. think of distinctly. Yeah, one, two. Yeah, four other oh, ones so that are as just as good in my opinion. Where it's just mm-hmm. like that's the ceiling. Like nothing can be better than right. this. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna head on out of here. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> When Kenna finds out who killed Laura Palmer, and uh, we're gonna have a good time. And also, Brad will be back next week. We assume. I'm so-